in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the effervescent, always effervescent, <laughs> Glenn Stansberry. Okay, wow. Yeah, that, you know? Um, gosh, I... I don't know what to say. It's 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 just you know it. it uh, how can you describe the sun, Glenn? You know, it, yeah, bright. Yeah. Well, that's one way to describe yellow. It. So you, you, I guess you could actually describe or the sun. orange. Yeah. So maybe that wasn't a good example, but uh, <laughs> that's one way to describe you, Glenn. Uh, bright. Yeah. Bright. Oh, I'll take well, it. Bright. I don't know well, it's, yellow. I don't know. If, well, yeah, yellow. <laughs> You're very loyal, Glenn. Jaundiced. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other story. Um, and yet another story yes. is the fact that Glenn and I are creators of a site called Gentleman.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you are feeling interested in the internet, if you've never, if you haven't really dipped your toes in the internet yet, mm-hmm. a good way to kind of start, like just kind of step into the water a little bit and see what it's like mm-hmm. is to go over to gentleman.com you go into the browser and you type in gentleman.com and then you hit enter and you you you're enveloped in the magical mystical world right. of gentleman.com yeah let's say you're near the internet right Brian yeah and you decide the first place I'm gonna stop is Facebook right yep well that's like taking an icy cold plunge mm-hmm. into a big ocean right well and that's not it's not very cool to go visit Facebook. I mean, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like, everybody visits everybody Facebook. Everybody visits yeah, Facebook. Exactly. But, you know what's cool is if, you, if you're sitting with your friends, you know, and you're new to the internet, mm-hmm. and they're like, I just got on the internet, and I got on Facebook. And then you're like, oh, yeah? <laughs> I got on Gentleman.com. <gasps> what's what? that? What's Gentleman.com? You know? Wait no one knows. Yeah, well, it's just this little site, you Nobody know. Nobody told me about this. I know about, you know, whatever. Oh. Yeah. So, and, and then once you get your fill of gentleman.com, you can slide on over to podcast.gentleman.com and go and check out all the links from this episode that we're going to talk about. You can also listen to past episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you listen to it, it's like, you know, once you have one, you just can't stop, Glenn. It's like a, a bag of Lay's potato chips. You have to keep on going. I would say Reese's peanut butter cups. Well, everybody's got their, their Lay's potato chips, Glenn. <laughs> That's true. Doritos. Pringles, you know, Pringles. pop. I do like Pringles. Yeah, uh, they're, they're hard to stop. Yeah, they're hard to stop. So visit podcast. Virginia <laughs> Slims. Virginia Slims. <laughs> well, they are hard to stop too. I think if you get started on those, which I know nothing about. Um, so if you uh, anyway, I was, trying to, I was trying to steer the train back on the tracks, and then I got sorry laid by I, it's my vicious, effervescence. Yeah. Um, so, uh, hmm. we've established that you need to visit po- uh, podcast.gentleman.com mm-hmm. as well as gentleman.com. Uh, you can also send us an email, gentleman.com. You can also uh, send us a letter to P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Um, and we will answer your letter. We will answer your email. We will. There's no answer for you going to gentleman.com except the ultimate experience you get out of being there. So That's right. You just have to, you have to, just have to show up, see what happens. And... If you want to show up, why not? Why not create an account? Yeah, and right, come, an account. become part of the family. Come part of the family. Uh, yeah. we're, we're a very much family oriented site. We uh, are. We, yeah, we have. Uh, 
We have a lot of fun. That's um, right. Yeah, we have a lot of fun on the you site. You see very vague, generic... Uh... And uh, <laughs> the, it's, the, it's the gentleman family, you know? Yeah. Everybody that's on the site's a family, care about each other, mm-hmm. look out for each other, mm-hmm. support each other mm-hmm. on the site, and uh, you know what? If you sign up and you add a post, you might find yourself on the podcast next week, Glenn. That's right. Um, so... So anyway. Uh, the uh, I was going to add, Brian, mm-hmm. it, it occurs to me that... We get we get asked all the time about the the, the mailbag. Yes, right. The gentleman mailbag. Do we actually have a PO box? Do we actually read letters? Yep. Yes, yes, we do all these things. So I think what I should do, I think I think we should put something on the sidebar of the podcast site, maybe with the the uh, gentleman PO box. Uh, okay. Address. So we Is that a bad idea? No. Is that? I think that could be uh, that could be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we get plenty of mail as it is. Yeah. It's not like. Yeah. But I, I, I hate to. I hate for something to slip through the cracks. It's true. It's true. So maybe we're going to have to add that in there. I, I don't know. I, I just been. You know. The thing is, Glenn. Okay, mm-hmm. with with having the PO box, they have a limit on the amount of letters you can receive. I know, and so I've just been mentioning it on the podcast because we already get an overwhelming amount of letters, right, right. and we're not high and rollers. Exactly, we can't pay for the ultra huge, right. you know, mailbox. Like we can't. That's right. Know, and we're already Cart. we're already irritating the post office as right. it is, even though mm-hmm. we plugged them last week and said, you know, send us a letter because it supports the mail. The, they, they basically oh. made us say, like say that because right. we're really stretching our right. miniature. Bo- uh, post office box. The, 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 the sad truth is, is that the USPS has been listening to this podcast, and they yeah. we want to help them. But okay, most people have problems with the NSA. We have problems with the post office. Right. The gentleman mailbag has drawn their ire, and they are watching us basically right. to see what we're doing. They're they're taking it out on us yeah. a little bit. So anyway, if you see a, a guy in a black suit show up at your house, and you just sent a letter to the gentleman mailbag, and ask you some weird questions, it might be related to that. I'm just saying. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Well, let's move on with it. Yeah, we can't talk about that anymore. Right, talk um, about what? So anyway, um, let's get started with the show, Glenn. We're going to talk about uh, as we always do. We're going to start off with the drink of the week. Ah, yes. And Glenn, um, you know, I, I I really like this beer, this brewery, um, mm. Anchor Beer. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it's a cool brewery, and uh, just you know. It, I like Anchor Steam a great deal, which is kind of their go-to default. They have a few different varieties of stuff, and I like all the different ones. But I found this one today, and um, and so I, I was just like, okay, that's the one. You know, that's the one we're going to go with. And um, as I was reading back about, you know, as I always do, before we ingest a beer, we have to find out about the people <laughs> that made the beer and what they were thinking, what they were doing. Um, and Anchor is an interesting company. It's been around since the Gold Rush, um, California, and uh, they 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 started brewing this beer. And it, it I always thought the steam beer. Mm-hmm. I always thought that that was like using steam in the process somehow, but that's mm-hmm. not the case. It's just kind of a, it's like uh, just just a word they use to describe it. It doesn't have anything to do with the process that they use. But what they use for this the quote unquote steam beer, which is also known as California common beer, apparently. Mm-hmm. Is they brew beer without refrigeration of any kind? That doesn't sound sanitary. Well, you know, it depends. Well, it's, it, beer beer brewing by itself is inherently sanitary because if there's anything unsanitary about it, it like goes bad in the bottle. So you, that's it ha- true. Has to start off sanitary. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess I don't brew beer in a refrigerated state. That's true. So, so what? I, I, apparently, the steam name came from the fact that I, they were like cooling the beer on the the roof of their. 
building to get like winds off the Pacific Ocean to cool it down, Ooh. and steam was rising off of the. Uh, so anyway, supposedly that's the thing. Multi steam. Yeah. Um, and then interestingly enough, so this this is kind of cool also. Um, so they they started in the late night 1800s. Okay. And it says during Prohibition, it's not known what the Anchor Steam people were doing. Oh. So, you know, obviously they weren't brewing beer. No, obviously. They, because they that was illegal. That would definitely be illegal. No one knows what they did during that time. Hmm. So, did they have a lot of bathtubs? I, I, yeah, I think that there might be, yes, yeah, under, a lot we, of underground we, tunnels. We just installed 20 new bath bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but, uh, so the company, so they made it through Prohibition uh, somehow and uh, without somehow. doing anything. <laughs> and, you know, cranked it back up, got it started going. But then in the 50s and the 60s, there was this huge thing towards uh you know mass-produced loggers you know like the budweisers and stuff like right. that really started to take over right craft brewers like this kind of got you know swept under the rug but like all things glenn it's cyclical and this guy uh who was it the um this guy fritz maytag mm-hmm. okay uh he he sees even though there's this trend that all, all this stuff's going to loggers and they don't really produce a logger and the the uh the anchor company's falling on hard times. They're about to close their doors. Really? He swoops in. Um, he has uh, uh, all this money from uh, Maytag Dairy Farms, um, Maytag Blue Cheese. Wow. All this stuff. So, But he sees this beer, and he doesn't know anything about beer. Okay? But he he, th- he believes in it. So he swoops in, he buys the company, and gets it turned around. He spends six years learning about beer, upgrading the process, and all this stuff. And then in 1971, he reopens it. And some say that this guy is the father of modern microbreweries. Really? Because he... Was the was one of the first ones to like as everything was going to loggers and mass produced beer and everything like that. He put a bunch of money in shifting towards a smaller brewery that specialized in certain things, and a lot of people point to him as influencing all of the microbrews that sprouted up in the eighties and nineties. So interesting, very interesting. So it could have a pretty big impact on brew making as a whole. Kind of interesting, uh, but this one is a this is a, a special one. This is the Big Leaf Maple, which is. Um, this is their autumn seasonal. And Glenn, you know what I love about Kansas? What's that, Ryan? This time of year. Football's about to start up. Mm-hmm. The temperatures are going to start turning cooler here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. You got the autumn brews. Leaves are turning. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a, it's a special time of year in Kansas, and I'm excited about it. It, it is a beautiful time of year for for us Kansans. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's probably lots of lots of areas in the nation that have... Yeah. If you, if you experience seasons. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to... Yeah, autumn's autumn's awesome. Football yeah. season, mm-hmm. so I'm glad we're bringing it in with the the autumn. Uh, I saw this today and I got excited because I was like, "Oh man, it's almost time!" <laughs> you know, it's almost time for the temperature to start changing. <sighs> See, uh, now I'm going to be a little contrary. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when they keep. It's like, it's like when I was a kid, like they didn't start promoting Christmas stuff until Thanksgiving. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's yeah. like Labor Day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, seriously, maybe not uh, quite that. Bad. Well, yeah, I mean it's getting there. If right? you go, to, if you went to go to a store like Target or something like that, mm-hmm. by maybe you know October or something like that, you're starting to see Christmas stuff spread out. Yeah, so, well I so. know. So with the with the fall beers and the seasonal beers, mm-hmm. I really and th- I don't think this is the case with this, but I yeah. I really don't like when they like they have like Christmas beers in like you know October. No, I agree. This is kind of jumping the gun because we're talking about we're in the first week of August right now, mm-hmm. and they're talking about autumn already now. Mm-hmm. 
that's only a few weeks ahead of time, really. Right. September starts to roll around. But agreed. I'm already starting to see this. I'm starting to see some pumpkin ales come in there. Yeah, exactly. The so, pumpkin ales. Yeah. So I, I get you're saying there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like they're one up in each other. Who yeah. can get out first is going to win that. Well, it must be a good seller. You know what I mean? Like, it's. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Glenn, I guess we should. As opposed to like harping on them for coming out with their beer too early, let's just go oh, ahead yeah. and crack these open. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean I didn't mean no, to no, harp no. on the beer. No, 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 Glenn. No, okay, I get it, I get it. You're upset with Anchor because they came out with their beer too, Look, but they're delicious beer. Different. It's not like they're like Anchor Christmas beer, which yeah. they have a, a, a. They do have a Christmas beer. So. I think yeah. they change. Do they? Are they the brewery that changes every year? They change their seasonal. Oh yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm envisioning like. Uh, so this is this has been around the gold rush, right? Mm-hmm. Visioning like Levi Strauss <laughs> out in San Francisco, like trading beers, wiping his brow. Yeah, could really go for an anchor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, cheers, bro. Hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Mm, it's got some bite. A little bit of bite to it. Some hops. That's all right. A little bite never hurt anyone. Well, nope. some bites do. Some bites do. But that's a good beer. It is good. It's tasty. That'll go down nicely. Indeed. That will help the show, I believe, Brian. Indeed. By the way, we are on episode twenty. This is big two O. Twenty episodes. We're all grown up. Uh next episode we'll be Be able to buy out drinking age. Yeah. (laughs) We yeah, we had to have my older sister um, provide these beers. But uh, next next episode we'll actually be able to go and Mm -hmm. buy our own beers. Mm. So I'm excited about that. Yes. Um, but, Glenn, let's go ahead and get into uh, some interesting posts of gentleman.com in the last week or so. This is the real meat of the show. It this is. is uh, yeah. This is where we showcase some of the best stuff throughout the week on the site. Mm-hmm. And like any other week, this has been a, a, a big-time week um, in terms of incredible things posted. Uh, so starting off, we have uh, this post uh, by Chris Campbell. Uh, first time... On the podcast, I think. I don't think we've talked about Chris Campbell before. I don't believe so, no. Uh, but this is a great post. Uh, and this actually hits kind of home for us because this one is called uh, Cows Come Running to Hear Farmer Play Lords uh, Royals on the Trombone. Yeah, and it, it, uh, it, I'm sure, you know, this has been quite popular around the internet after mm-hmm. we actually pulled this out. It's been mm-hmm. coming out quite a bit. But basically, this farmer goes out, takes his chair, sits down in the empty pasture, in the empty Kansas pasture. Mm hmm. Starts playing a, a a mournful rendition of uh, Royals mm-hmm. trombone, and the cows uh, the cows come home. Right, that's right. Now, yeah, yeah. I, I picked this one not necessarily for the the content of the video, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I picked it because if anybody has a stereotype about Kansas, mm-hmm. this proves it wrong. This is. <laughs> Right. It's completely in the opposite direction. Yeah. So, uh, many people think of Kansas. I actually had, uh, when I was doing design, well, I had a, I had a client mm-hmm. who who lived in New York City. Oh, okay. And she asked me, uh, you know, where you live? And I said, Kansas. She's like, well, I've never been to Kansas. She's like, I've seen The Wizard of Oz, though. It's just like that, right? And she was serious. I was like, no, it's not like that. How- of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> everything you see on the movies is, you know. I was just talking to Tin Man the other day. <laughs> yeah. Carly Lyons down the bar. I, you know. Gentlemen. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Th- there is that part of it, you know. But uh, but the video is pretty awesome. It is pretty that. awesome. Um, so, 
It's cool. Uh, so this this guy comes out and he, he plays. He does his thing, and then like it, it's a cool video. Slowly, all the cows come and they just basically form this audience around this guy playing the trombone, which is pretty awesome. Who's actually a pretty good trombonist? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, you know, uh, one of the things about this was that uh, one of the, the first commenter on the on the <laughs> post uh, points out this is a pretty stupid uh, point by uh, Nicholas on gentleman.com. He says that. Um, this is this is cool, but in reality, cows are curious by nature, and um, they're trusting and they're hungry. So if you start making noise and you know it's not scary, they're probably gonna mosey up to you and see what's going on, just because they're interested to find out if you've got food and you yeah, know, curious what's going on. So my grandpa was a was a farmer, mm-hmm. and he had cattle, and mm-hmm. I would go with him when he'd go to feed cattle in the pastures. Mm-hmm. So we'd drive his truck out there, and he had like a little. Uh, uh, it, it's like a big pitchfork on the back of his truck that you'd pick up the bale oh, yeah, yeah. and tilt it up and yeah. then drive through the drive pasture and then you yeah. get to a hill and roll it down the hill. Yeah. So, but he would call the cattle mm. and he had his own specific cattle, cattle, woo cow, woo cow. That's what he did, <laughs> and it was like the most. Uh, even at a young age, I was yeah. like, "This is not right." There's something <laughs> I don't think this Royals. works. But they started, and he, I was like, "Grandpa, teach me how to." Yeah. yeah. Royals, yeah, <laughs> but he he swears that's how you call cow, wow. and uh, I wonder. But I, I think it's because he did it every time. It's repetitive, mm-hmm. so they knew yeah. they got conditioned. This guy probably conditioned mm-hmm. them with the trombone as well. Now, is this the song that's that's actually named for the Kansas City Royals as well? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean it. Uh, Apparently the the singer the, the singer was inspired by the royals. She saw a poster of the young poster of the young. Yeah, yeah George Brett. Yeah, it was a picture of George Brett in mm-hmm. his royal. Anyway, so if you're a Royals fan, the the team, not the song. Well, you can be the song. I don't care, mm-hmm. but that's that's where that that came from. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, bringing that home full circle. Okay, Kansas, 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 Kansas. Kansas. That's right. what we're saying. That's right. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Every now and again, we gotta plug our state, Brian. Exactly. So well, no one else is doing it. That's, that's right. For sure. <laughs> Flyover state. Come on. Not where I'm from. Bring your trombone. That's right. Um, okay, so moving on, Glenn, we got uh, this other post here. This other one. Right. Uh, this other one is. Uh, I'm a little. I'm a little timid. To yeah. even. Okay, so it it's added by our good friend El Sueco. El Sueco. And um, as as usual, it's a it's a uh, thought provoking and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, gosh, what, what, what cold are, from the news? So you know what yeah. I mean. Like you know what I mean. Like he pulled this from yes. the news as the news story, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but it's an interesting one. Um, so this guy, this guy, he's like eighty-seven years old. Okay, I don't know his real age. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is, he's old. He's pretty old. And the, one of the one of the telling signs that we know he's old is that he has his shirt. He off. has a picture of himself. This guy <laughs> supposedly he was fed up with the fact that all these local. All these local politicians are running unopposed in this election, and he decided he's gonna, he's enough of it. He's going to run for for an office, mm-hmm. um, and so he he puts his name on a Democratic ballot. He's he's a sign in candidate, and mm-hmm. he announces candidacy. Told the local newspaper, and now he's kind of making the rounds on social media. Um, and so the the main thing that really grabbed people's attention about this story was that he took a picture of himself with his shirt off, holding a rifle. Um, and it was meant to be a tongue-in-cheek, um, you know, poke at uh, Putin, 
because apparently Putin has all these right. pictures of himself yes. with his shirt off, and he's. I, I, don't, be, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't know anything about that. that. Yeah, no, I don't know anything about that. But no. that, according to the story, hunting or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, according to the story, <clears throat> um, that that's the case. And so he he took he decided to have his own take on it, where he had a picture taken <laughs> of himself with the shirt off, and obviously he's an eighty-seven-year-old man. Uh, gravity gravity kicks in after a while, and things start to droop. Yes, a little bit. Yes, they um, do. So. Anyway, so the picture, but but basically, Glenn, um, it, it, I feel two ways about this. This uh, he um, he's a, he's, a, he's like a hardcore Democrat, so yes. he spends his time watching you know the Daily Show, John Stewart, you know all these shows, right? And I, you get the sense from this article that he really wants to be on the John Stewart show, yes, and that's why he's doing all this stuff mm-hmm. um, because apparently, like he, the local newspaper did the article on him, and then he called back like a week later to see if John Stewart had called. Yet you know, um, so I so on one hand I feel like this is stupid because I don't think it's right to try to you know intentionally get on John Stewart like John Stewart like the John Stewart show is supposed to be like or the Daily Show is supposed to be like um, you know real actual people doing something intentionally like without trying to be tongue in cheek about it and this guy's right. obviously kind of but the important part is that he does have a, a legitimate situation here where there is a problem where people just run unopposed because no one else will run against them he's running for sheriff of the town glenn yes and um, and one thing i i didn't uh say and we should have is the title of the attack and that's um, ferocious north would be nudist oh, runs yeah. for county sheriff that's the other side of the coin is that he was going to run as a uh uh, uh as, well, and the nudist party, and, and the nudist party, but they just, but he found out, unfortunately, that the nudist party is not, unfortunately, recognized. Look, Glenn, if I, I don't see nudists as different people, so I just, I couldn't even, I did, I read the headline, it didn't even register with me, so I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Truth be told, I, I don't see many nudists, um, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, usually they're pretty, they're kind of off on their own. You know, I wouldn't know if I saw one, Glenn. I wouldn't know. I, well, I think, I'm just blind I think to you it. Might I'm just you might be blind. To it. <laughs> I just see I see corduroys on everyone. I just see I just That's, see people's eyes. That's all. <laughs> when I'm looking right at him, talking to him. Well, I'm trying to look at this man's eyes. Yeah, but he's got one of them yeah, closed. Closed, and it's a little. And bit like I said, his shirt's so, off. So yeah, the the nudist angle was a little bit different too. Apparently, he's a nudist, and so there's that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. To, it's a it's kind of a uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah, it's not just one point. It's about seven. Well, and if you so the thing is the the other the other thing about this is if you read through the article, there's a lot of lines that are clearly like. You know, embellished. He claims that he, yeah. he tried to get in the army during what was it, World War Two, and he was denied getting in the army because he had a medical bedwetting problem. Uh, although he said later on he was admitted to the, or sorry, he tried to get into the navy and then he was admitted into the army uh, later on. So you have to wonder if that's true or if he's just trying to sweeten the. Brian, I don't, I don't think we should discriminate against people who wet the bed stuff. Well, I don't think so either. I mean, for some people, that's a serious problem. That okay? is a medical problem. I have no problem I'm, with that. Well, I'm just saying that some people might be offended by that. Okay. Well, I, I'll retract I'm, that then. I'm, just, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna edit that out. I mean, I, I, I don't have a bed. No. I don't. But I, I'm, I'm offended. Really? I mean, I could be if I if I had that problem. Yes. I, I, I would. I would be offended. I, Glenn, if you have that problem, that's okay. No, no, no. I'm not. Look. That, okay. There's this one time, right? Um, I, I everybody has I had a juice plan. box, okay, yeah. and right I rolled bed. over the red Gatorade, right, the red Gatorade, <laughs> right before bed. Drank a whole thing down. It was a, it was a, a white grape, white grape. Oh. juice box, oh. and oh. Uh, 
Um, sat on it. No. Yes, my pants are wet, but it's not from that. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's just a coincidence. That was the only time. Well, it, only, it happens to the best of us, Glenn. Anyway, for some people, it's a real problem. Okay. And I don't think we should make light of it. No, we're not making light of that. All what right. we're making light of is this nudist <clears throat> that's running for sheriff. We, okay, um, I'm good for that. Yeah. We can, we can right. do that. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway. <laughs> so, uh, he says he really wants to be a political philosopher because that's what he is. And but nobody was hiring for a political philosopher, so he's just going to run for office. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think this guy's sniffing for some, yeah. some news time. Well, he's got some news time. He's, he's getting talked about on the Gentleman Podcast. Not quite the Daily Show, but you no, know, pretty no. close. He is on Gentleman. He has on the Gentleman Podcast. Yeah. So I, you you've got that. I mean, we self fulfilling prophecy. I guess. I mean, I guess it's yeah, working. It's working. Um, so anyway. Well, well, we'll see what happens. Well, maybe we'll maybe he'll. So the thing is, all he has to do is get 180 votes apparently to as a write-in candidate in the primary, and then he'll actually be on the ballot. So it, oh, okay. So yeah, and he promised that if he gets elected, that he will keep the sheriff as his number one deputy. Will he stop wetting himself? Um, that's TBD. Here's the thing, Brian, and this is the biggest point I have with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to take an 87-year-old sheriff seriously. Well, and then you 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 add the nudist angle, Glenn, and I, the bedwetting. I I would disagree with that uh, okay. because if you get pulled over by a sheriff and he's eighty seven years old, he should be driving, and he's brandishing a gun. <laughs> okay, well. I'd be a little bit weirded out. You know, I'd be kind of freaked. <laughs> I think I'd be more apt to um, you know be scared than I would be even if it was like a two hundred eighty pound like. 25 year old because you never know yeah. what the 87 year old he, he doesn't have much longer you know to it's true he's got less to lose yeah so you know you don't want to it's a wild card I'm a young whippersnapper you know the other guy's got his career ahead of him he doesn't want to ruin his career he's gonna play by the rules career old guy he's like there aren't any rules you're in my you're in my town now you know so yeah. <clears throat> I don't know I'd be a little bit more disconcerted about that but I think anyway. in general I'd be disconcerted yeah the whole thing's disconcerting. Yes, every part of it. But hey, um, yeah. But it, it, it made it on. It made it on Gentleman Podcast. So yeah. there you go. All right. Well, for for the last one, and this is this is more lighthearted. Not that the other one wasn't lighthearted, but there's no nudists. I don't think. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. No 87 year old nudist. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last tack that we're going to highlight today was added by our good friend Ben Espen, who has been frequently on the podcast. He he's been on multiple multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and for good reason, because he has been posting incredible things. Yep. This tack is no different. It's titled, 30 Super Wrong But Brilliant Test Answers from the Most Creative Students. And the article is, uh, I want to say this is probably like a BuzzFeed spinoff, or maybe a part of the BuzzFeed family. Um, but either way, it's um, it, it uh, first of all, it's been shared on Facebook 20,000 times, which mm-hmm. should say something in itself, but... Let's uh, let's give an example here. The first one off the right off the gate is uh, <laughs> what ended in eighteen ninety six is the question, and mm-hmm. the answer that the person gave was eighteen ninety five. So it's just kind of like clever, like I don't know the answer to this, so I'm just going to write something down uh, type stuff. Where was the American Declaration of Independence signed? At the bottom, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just like thirty interesting answers to questions. Um, <laughs> There's a ton of great ones in here. Um, they, they show us uh, some of the best ones are for little kids, you know, some right. like the, the like the early reading books and stuff like that. You they, can tell what they handwrite. It's like yeah, old. They have um, <laughs> we have this one that's uh, you know it's a cause effect question. So they say like the cause. 
Tony practices the piano 20 minutes every day. And the effect, and the kid writes in, he is a big, big nerd. <laughs> um, so, I think my favorite, we talked about this before, mm-hmm. is uh, this, this, uh, this particular test says, what, what are three things you want to do in the future? And this kid answers, number one, get a girlfriend. Number two, kiss her. Number three, rule the world. <laughs> in that awesome. order. Yeah, and also the second one has several um, erased answers. Yeah, he's he's definitely uh, yeah crossed out uh, quite a few. It looks like, but yeah. uh, I can't really make out what they are. But it's probably for the best. I mean, he mm. he really hit it home. So I, yeah, I think that's what I still want to do. A plus. Yeah, I I I, uh, I think that was probably my motivation, like second third grade. Exactly. You know, it does kind of make you like harken back to your youth when you see some of these. Um, check it out. You can go to podcast.gentleman.com and see all of the images of the things that were funny answers to test questions that were supposed to be serious. Glenn, I'm going to call an audible right now. Okay. Um, we were we were all the way through our tax, but we forgot one that we were going to talk about. We discussed this, but uh, you know, I felt like we should include it. Um, Oh yes, I, I yeah we, we were talked about, about the, this. Yeah, we were talking about this. We, you know, it's kind of hard to do the the ones that are just videos, but this is pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> this was posted, you know, in a record-setting fashion by Razorback, who's been on every single gentleman podcast with something, you know, and he he somehow he makes it there every week. I don't know how, I don't know how he does it, but the guy's a legend. Uh, so, well, this was a last-minute ad today because it was posted yep, today. Yep, yep, yep. But. When you see this, you will know why it's been included. So this, okay, this is great. And I love, the thing I love about these videos is what makes them really good is that somebody actually spends a ton of time doing these things. The videos, the title of the video is the the Matrix with 8-bit sounds. And so what somebody did was, basically if you read the article, the, the guy starts out by saying like, I, you know, look, here's the deal, folks. I've scrubbed the sequels to the original Matrix out of my mind, okay? They, you know, because they're terrible. But... What somebody did was they took one of the longest fight scenes in one of the Matrix sequels and he took uh, sounds from like Contra and like all these 8-bit NES games. Yeah. And so the entire fight scene is overdubbed with various sound effects perfectly from uh, all the old school NES games. So If you grew up in the late 80s, 90s, you know, this is going to like... Mm-hmm. Awaken something inside of you. It really makes you realize to you like how much the soundtrack affects the seriousness yeah. of, the, of the of the tone of the movie. Because when you're watching this and you hear the eight bit sound effects, mm-hmm. it's, it seems completely ludicrous. Like it seems so stupid. It looks like a you know low budget film or whatever. But like you know, so it, is, it gives it a completely different vibe. It, it's really hilarious. It's awesome. Way. Yeah. And I was trying to find like when I was going through, I was trying to like listen to. I heard Contra in there. And then I started hearing a couple other ones. Like Super Mario. Super Mario, but I couldn't... Pe- I was trying to piece together which... All the different sounds. A lot of them are from Contra because yeah. of a lot of the... The fight. Oh, a Double Dragon was in there. Yep, yep. <clears throat> so, anyway. Yeah, the... Uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I took a... In, in college... Now, Brian, this, you're going to find this hard to believe, but in college, I took kind of a roundabout approach to graduating. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And as I was trying to, quote, unquote, find my way... Yes. I took a course called the um, the history of what was it? I can't remember the exact title. Basically, it was the history of film sound, okay, film music, okay, scores. Basically, mm-hmm. and so you we went through and like studied all the. It was actually like one of my favorite classes. It mm. was incredible, like learning about. But but just like what you said, how important the, the score really is. is. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? 
Indiana Jones without like right the theme song the theme song yeah. or, or, or um, like Star Wars Star Wars yeah. or even more recently like The Dark Knight how incredible yeah. like mm-hmm. that was a really innovative sound mm-hmm. score would have yeah. the movie would have been totally different the best part about soundtracks is that the greatest ones disappear into the movie and exactly. you don't even think about it yeah you know, but it would change completely um, if they weren't there so yeah Inception is another one that yeah, I really that liked. was a big one pretty yeah. awesome anyway. The score makes everything. Exactly. And Razorback's score is now 20. Mm-hmm. 20 episodes. That's right. Bring, 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 yeah. bring. Maximum score. Times. Yeah. <laughs> he leveled up. Yeah. He gets free podcasts from here on. <laughs> um, Good Audible. I forgot about that. Yeah. We talked about that today. Yeah. My apologies, Brian. Glenn, the other thing that we, we need to talk about Uh-oh. is I, I was going to ask you how you're feeling about your visualization techniques. My oh, you know what, Brian? I hold on a second here. Let me get out my. Okay, you got your ticket. I got my ticket right okay. here to the Dumb and Dumber Two. Yeah, open premiere. my wallet here. I, I pulled this out of my wallet preemptively <clears throat> before the show. Yeah. Okay, I got my ticket. I'm, I'm seeing myself in row twenty eight, seat two. Mm-hmm. We're walking in. We're waving at Jim Carrey. Right. Jim Carrey, Jeff Daniels. Hey, Jeff. Uh, Sam tonight's there. Hey, Jim. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Mary. Yeah. Um, putting out the vibe at the bar. PD, yeah. Yeah. Um, With the owls and the cages. Yeah. I'm excited about this, Glenn. I'm excited. But you know what we need to visualize now, Glenn, Mm -hmm. is a script for our minute and a half video that we have to do to get to this premiere. That's the key. Uh, And, and you know, we have until October 6th to submit this thing. So we're on a short deadline here. It's going to come around. I mean, that's in the heart of football season. Two months. We have two months to get this thing done. We We have to make the perfect video. It has to be exactly perfect. And it has to win the hearts and minds of the panel that's going to decide who is going to be driving that Mutt Cuts van across the country from New York to L.A. and be at that premiere. And, Glenn, it's destined to be us. We just got to open our minds up and let the universe tell us what the video should be. I think, I think that was a good segue from the previous, the last tack, Razorback's tack, because mm-hmm. I mean, think, think about how out of the box, you know, stripping down that, that, that score okay. to 8-bit. Mm-hmm. What if we had 8-bit Brian and Glenn? Okay, eight bit gentleman. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is the totally wrong direction. Maybe this is a, you kind of give me a look like it. This is not the direction. This you could, be well, it could be terrible. Well, it could be terrible or be interesting. Or yeah. it could be. That's the okay. That's the look. That that that's what that is. That could be I know, terrible. I know. And I've seen this look many times. I'll like, pitch I, Brian an idea. I don't know. I don't Brian, know. Brian, what do you think about you know like Glenn does two things. Plants. Glenn does two things. <laughs> terrible. Absolutely. St- Completely ridiculously terrible, or that that could be that could be interesting. <laughs> and so every time I look at him, when he gives me an idea, it's a combination look. It's like, is this going to be the terrible, or is this going to be the interesting? Well, well, first you pucker up a little bit. I can yeah, I can see yeah, it I in just, your eyes. I start to brace myself. Right. What's going to? How much uh, work is this going to be? How? He's getting ready. He's like calculating his hand length from the table, the nearest yeah. table he could flip over. Exactly. Um, Okay. okay, maybe maybe eight bit Brian England's not the best. I feel like that's just really it's it's uh, just too. It's like right after we watch that story, mm-hmm. we're just like talking about the eight bit mm-hmm. thing. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It could be, it could be. We we need to. Hey, nudist, nudist, uh, dumb and dumber. No, probably we no could one. be nudist Harry and Lloyd. No one wants to see that. Well, look, but. does anybody really? I mean, well, Glenn, we talked. Okay, we already talked about doing the uh, naked podcast. Right, we did. Oh, Which, we did. Oh, hold on. So that, okay, let me. Here's on. the thing. Here's understand. the thing, Glenn. We got to hold off on that. Okay. Oh. Because we're trying to sweep the potties. <laughs> the, po- 
the the podcast awards that we're creating. We're creating our own podcast awards. It's like the Emmys or the Oscars. It's the potties, and we're gonna be we're gonna win the pot. We're gonna win the best podcast at the potties. But oh my God. but you but have for, won a yeah. tiny potty. Yeah, exactly. So, but it's, for that we have to wait for Sweeps Week because that's gonna kick everybody's butt. The pod uh, during the podcast week. No one else is gonna be doing that. <clears throat> so we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna get it done. We have to wait for Sweeps Week for. for you talking about you talking about nudist? I mean, you're talking about. A, I'm talking about a exposed podcast, fully under exposed. under around beneath the kimono, <laughs> all, all, <laughs> underneath around and back again. I really hope go. none of my family's listening to this at this point. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, um, so, so we're gonna save that. We're gonna keep that on the fire. Keep that off the burner. You know, it's uh, it's simmering. Save that though, for Brian. the potties. It's simmering. <laughs> save that for the potties. It's simmering buddy. on the back burner. But before before the potties, we have to have the, the the primary objective is the Dumb and Dumber sequel. So we got to come up with the video. Right. Right. Okay. A before B. Okay. Okay. So we, we're, we're gonna get this. Okay. So next week we're gonna have to give an update on our ideas for uh, for the podcast video. So we're gonna have to spitball Ooh. some stuff. I think the best best course of action here is to just open up your mind and write down as many ideas as you possibly can. Well, for you know what? what? I'm feeling a little closed off. I said eight bit Brian and Glenn. You know what I got? I got that look where Glenn. you said Glenn. That's the worst idea. I ever. said it could be it could be interesting or it could be terrible. But that's you put of, a I heavy said, emphasis on it, really terrible. I think it needs more development. <sighs> so just but I'm spitballing here. Keep, all right, keep that this in mind. Refined. You're just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. So yeah. Hey, what about a site about manly content? I don't uh, know. It could be the worst thing ever. It could ever. be interesting. And then uh, yeah, now we're here. Okay. All right. Well. All right. Well, we'll keep working on that, and we'll give you an update next week on our progress on making the Dumb and Dumber Two video. We're excited about it. When we make the video, we'll. It's going to be on YouTube, I think, because I think they make everybody post it to YouTube, hmm. so everybody can see the video when we're done with it. So that'll be an exciting thing for the three people that are listening to this podcast to yes. check out. Uh, moving on, though, Glenn, uh, it's time to do the. Uh, which uh, we're going to do the toast. The toast. Do uh, I don't remember the order now. Do we do the toast and then the hot button, or do we do the hot button? And the hot toast? button. Oh, sorry, you got me. <laughs> got sorry, I want a hair trigger here. Uh, I think we do the toast and then. Yeah, we right? typically do. Okay, so we're gonna do the toast then because okay. we, we got to follow protocol on this deal. So, yep, uh, Glenn, this is uh, this is uh, you know the last couple of times I've stepped out of convention on the toast. We, we we've done historical figures, we've done contemporary figures. At times we've done uh, figures like Weird Al Yankovic, we've done Bob Ross, mm-hmm. we've done you know everybody, Steve Jobs, you know like mm-hmm. tons of different types of figures from all type all walks of life. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a little bit different because he's not very well known. I mean, he is well known in some circles, but not very very many circles. I would say very small circles. This guy's well known. To be honest, I'd never heard of him. I, I hadn't heard of him either but i was i was you know i, I regularly visit the site called autoblog.com um and it's just all about cars mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm interested in learning about cars and stuff like that so i checked that out and they had this one article that stuck you know, for some reason it stuck out at me um and it was this guy magnus walker um and so um this guy magnus walker is a really interesting story um he at at 10 years old he went to an auto show with his dad and he saw a porsche 911 for the first time and he absolutely fell in love with it and he's from Sheffield, England, which apparently I've never been there, but apparently it's kind of a working class town, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking he, Pittsburgh. Yeah, he said like he 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 never thought that he would ever own a Porsche because mm-hmm. it's you know almost unattainable from where he was at. So he just fell in love with the car, and he talked about how like he 
you know, when you're a kid, you have a Porsche or a Lamborghini, like one of like three cars, like on your wall. Mm-hmm. And he was just, like always a Porsche guy. And he even wrote a letter to Porsche when he was like 10 years old and said, someday I want to come design cars for you guys. And so they even like wrote him back and they said, oh, that's really cool. Like come, you know, give us a call in a few years and let us know what you're doing and, you know, whatever. And they were very encouraging to him, which he always thought was awesome. Um, anyway, so fast forward uh, several years, he drops out of high school when he's 15 years old. Um, and he was getting bad grades. School wasn't for him. Didn't really know what to do. So he like uh, started getting government assistance to live for a couple years. And then he t- he just on a whim he goes to America to be like a uh, summer or a summer camp. You know, a guy a counselor to summer camp. You know, like so looking <laughs> after kids and stuff like that, which is kind of funny. But <laughs> that is a little funny. Yeah. So anyway, he so he makes it over to America. He he just thought that America was like you know just all the hype and everything like that seemed like the place of dreams you know so Mm -hmm. he came over to america went to this summer camp and it was in detroit which is kind of interesting or outside of detroit so kind of interesting is like by the you know the big automotive places around here anyway he found himself kind of just and it didn't really turn out to be what he thought it was so he just hopped on a bus and he went to la and ends up in la he doesn't know what he's gonna do doesn't know anything he's like 19 years old or whatever you know and uh I guess apparently this was like right in the 80s when all the hair metal bands were going on and stuff like that. Nice. And so he went and like went to a shop and he picked up a pair of like tight like snakeskin pants from somewhere for like five bucks or something. And then he went to a record store and he was wearing his pants. And the guy that was working there was like, hey, where'd you get those pants at? And he had the English accent or anything like that. So he's like, oh, I got them. You know, I got them from England, you know. And the guy's like, well, how much for the, you know, can I buy them from you? And so he's like, yeah, uh, 20 bucks. You know? <laughs> and so, and then he started, he, so he didn't know anything about clothing, but he starts this clothing business based on that. So uh, wait, just to be clear that the, the process is buy cheap pants, snake use skin. British accent. Snakeskin. Oh, snakeskin. British I pants. cheap. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So let's start with snakeskin. Yeah. Well, use British, yeah. use British accent. Yes. And then, and uh, then yeah, you're good. That's pretty much and it. And then sell for four yeah. times profit. Exactly. And he okay. Called, yeah. So so anyway, so then he starts up his closing business. It gets it blows up. It gets really massive. What was the name of the clothing business? Uh, it know? was it was something. I don't remember what the name of it was, but it was actually like they were in like that store Hot Topic or whatever. Yeah. They were like one of their big suppliers of clothes or something for a certain <laughs> amount of time, which is kind of weird. So anyway, this guy. So he didn't know anything about clothes. So anyway, he kind of got sick of doing clothes after like fifteen years or something like that, and he they put all that money into buying this like industrial like area in LA like this small thing that they, they were going to build their house there they were in all this stuff so they just did that everybody thought they were crazy it was all run down and everything like that they put all their money into rebuilding this thing and then there was an article about that and then they started getting calls from like local movie studios that wanted to use that as a location for movies okay so then they started a, mo- a business that was all about film locations so then they started this business that huh. was like they would arrange film locations for, for movies. Interesting. He didn't know anything about that. Starts it up. Comes wildly successful at that. So then to flip it around, he comes back to Porsches. And he's always you know had this thing about Porsches since he was 10 years old. So he decides after that whole thing, like he still has, he still has a little bit of the clothing stuff going on. He still has the, the location business. But his real passion is cars. So okay. same deal. He jumps in. He said, "Like I love this quote. He, this is a great quote. He said something to the effect, I'm you know paraphrasing here, but he basically said, I knew nothing about how to build a car, but I knew how to swing a hammer and screw you know use a screwdriver, and that's all you really need to know. So you just start, 
and you you know you do something and you maybe you mess something up the first time but then the second time it's a little bit better and then you keep doing that and eventually you're successful at it you know and that's what we do with the car thing and so and recently he's just been rebuilding Porsches and he built one for himself and then got that got somebody's attention uh, and then I think I just read that he sold like the first one he really sold to somebody he sold for three hundred thousand dollars so wow he took you know whatever like the I don't know how much he spent on the the car and the scraps, and he basically two hundred ninety nine thousand. Yeah, well, he basically <laughs> takes a, an old broken down Porsche, yeah. and then he, he he'll buy three or four of them that are really run down, and then take parts from them, and then kind of rebuild it huh. in a specific style that he likes to to do. Wow! Uh, and then so that's what he does now. Um, so he does the rebuilding Porsches. But I, this guy came into my attention because somebody linked to the TED talk that he did, which is really awesome. It's very unassuming, and he just kind of says like he doesn't really understand what a TED talk is, but. Here's Here kind of, yeah, here's kind of what my life has been like. And his, his overarching thing is just that, you know, he never knew what he was doing. He didn't know what he was doing when he picked up the car business or the clothing business. He didn't know the first thing about, you know, anything about clothes. And mm-hmm. he kind of taught himself to sew to, like, do, like, build, like make these clothes that he could sell to live. And mm-hmm. it just kind of grew into something. And everything he's done in his life has been that way. Uh, and so his whole thing is just to like just trust your instincts and just kind of jump into something and just try to do it and then keep trying and and see what happens, you know. Which uh, I think is really cool. That's so, awesome. And his yeah. name is Magnus Walker. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah? So uh, yeah, I I like I said I hadn't heard of this guy. You, you sent me this link. And I watched the TED talk and it was it was pretty awesome. The guy yeah. the guy is very dry, you know, mm-hmm. very dry speaking and yeah. just kind of kind of um, just here's how it is. Here's yeah. Here's what I did. Yeah. But I mean. Well, and the, so the cool part about it too is that the like the the postscript to the story is that Porsche actually heard about his car making and stuff like that, and they actually contacted him, and now he's like a big he, like Porsche pays him to go around and talk to different people, like hmm. just kind of evangelizing Porsche as a brand. So he actually kind of and he's like gone and talked to their engineers about some of the stuff that he builds for <laughs> Porsches now. So. Huh. Um, so it's really cool because actually that childhood dream kind of did come true. He's kind of help, he's he's working with Porsche now and not in an official capacity, but in in a sense he's kind of like not designing cars, but he's working with Porsche on, you know, helping them, you know, market their cars and talking to their engineers and explaining to them like some of the modifications that he made and why he did them and stuff like that. So in a way it's like kind of 10-year-old dream uh came true. And also he said he never thought he'd own a Porsche, and now he owns. There's this like legendary period in the Porsche 911, which from like 1960s, I want to say 64 to 1973, and he owns every year except for 73. So he owns like you know eight Porsches. Eight Porsches. So yeah, his first big success wasn't something he was. He woke up every morning. He was like, yeah, man, I want to. I want to make mm-hmm. clothes. Right. It's just like. <laughs> Some dude thinks I, I bought this in England. Right. Let's just exploit it. I'm not, well, okay, exploit harsh word. But I mean, he was trying to live. He took advantage of it. He took advantage of the situation. Yeah. But he grew something out of that. And yeah. But now that he's achieved all these things, he's come back full circle, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. So I, I, I like that. I like Good toast, Brian. Yeah, it's pretty inspiring, um, and he's just kind of your everyman. Yep. He's got the full on dreads. He's got a full like full beard, mountain like, man beard, mountain man beard. Uh, you know, so he just kind of looks like crazy dude, and, and he, he looks like he could be either thirty or sixty. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere in between. Yeah. He's actually what forty-seven, mm-hmm. so you're actually very much in between. But yeah, um, no. But I really liked that story when I saw it, and I thought it fit in really well because it's just kind of a self-made guy, and he just does things his own way. And it, it's like you said, he 
he doesn't think of himself as super talented or anything like that. He just said, you know, I like I, I you know, I could I could hit a hammer, mm-hmm. you know, so I could I could probably figure out how to put cars together, you know, and that he did, you know, and so can you imagine that? Like, yeah, I know I know pretty little about yeah. cars and just. His- his, I think he just, you know, he said, just keep, you know, just keep trying and trying until you get it figured out. And I, you know, there's there's all these studies out there that show that the the best indicator of success in like kids as they grow older, it's not like their SAT scores, it's not mm-hmm. like IQ, right? But it's basically their their ability or their willingness to stick at a problem until they can't do it anymore or until they eventually figure it out, right? And those are the kids that. With like hands down, become the most successful. They're not the smartest. They're not yeah. the brightest. Yeah, they're not the best looking, but they right. will stick after it. And, right. And yeah, that's this is this guy. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's it works for him really well too because he kind of had that one experience of mm-hmm. making something really successful that he wasn't necessarily like st- straight out of the gate good at or interested in. It just kind of worked for him, and so he kind of. But it was like '80s hair metal clothing, so it didn't yeah. really matter. Well. <laughs> Yeah, but still, I mean, I'm it, kidding. Yeah, but uh, kind of. He was, at, but he was able to kind of turn that into, uh, you know, turn it into a passion that he did have, which was for cars. So it took him a long time. It right. took him like 20 years, but eventually he came back around to being able to do uh, do the thing that he really started out caring about. You know, which is pretty cool. Um, His first love. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Anyway, three hundred thousand dollars for a rebuild Porsche these days. So. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, something I will never be able to afford. Or maybe I will, Glenn. Maybe, you know, I can't imagine myself ever being able to afford a $300,000 Porsche. You can't? Or maybe I can. Or you haven't. That's right. That's right, Glenn. you gotta, you got to mm-hmm. visualize. It's all about visualization these days. That's right. Okay, Magnus Walker, to you, sir. We salute you. Well done. Um, and now he's made it on the Gentleman Podcast. Mm-hmm. So one other accolade for this guy that he's... Uh, Man. He's Has he been knighted yet? Because that's the next step. Well, there you go. I think the queen's going to hear about it now that we've talked about it. She's probably like, let me let me get this straight. You used our government assistance and then moved to the States and made a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so really, anyway, really glad we could help you. Queen, if you're listening to this, you know, just give him a, give him a pass. Your majesty, look. He's pretty cool. He's He's all right. Yeah, right. he's all right by us. The he kids are all right. right by you. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> he ain't heavy. He's my brother. That's right. Okay, Glenn. You know what time it is. It's time for the hot button topic. topic. Um, and this week... Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this week... Uh, we're, we're ta- this is an interesting story, Glenn. This is a... I, you know, I was, I was going through the internet... I was, you know, like the Matrix. I was like swimming to the the internet trying to find the hot button topic for this week, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yes, I came no, upon yes, this story. Yes, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I came across this story, and it immediately stuck out to me as a potential hot button topic. Mm. Um, and it turns out, Glenn, that there's this wedding venue in New York. It's this hotel, uh, and they're so confident about how awesome their hotel is that. Uh, well, actually, not confident because they actually stipulate if somebody books a wedding at their hotel that they have a five hundred dollar deposit that says if, like per negative review, they will deduct five hundred dollars from the wedding party. Yeah, for each one, for each one, and it's not for the people who book the hotel; it's for people within their wedding party. Mm-hmm. This has been blowing up all over the internet, Brian, and I gotta say, 
This is uh, this is definitely a hot button topic it because is. yeah, this is multifaceted, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On one hand, well, first of all, if I might say, this hits cl- close to home for me because I was actually in Hudson uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was passing through. Uh, I actually took a train from Hudson. It's a beautiful, oh, okay. beautiful place. Yeah, uh, very trendy, nice little artsy kind of. I guess antiquing's really big there, so it's like this old school. A lot Sounds of historic, awesome. like all the buildings downtown are historic landmarks. Like it's, okay. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing this one, you know, in particular, we kind of did the drive by thing, but mm-hmm. it's really interesting because that part of it's so rustic, right? Right. And so the problems these guests were having were like, all right, you're from LA mm-hmm. or you're from some, you know, place where they value things like modern conveniences, you know, air conditioning, clean towels, ice cubes. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And the, the hotel, you know, it doesn't have air conditioning, right. right? It's rustic. It doesn't have, I mean, occasionally they have like old school appliances and mm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And so their their argument, the hotel's argument is that they do this because people don't understand the value of the rustic nature of it. Okay. And so people won't want to stay mm-hmm. if they have negative reviews, okay. which almost makes sense. But okay. anyway, but you do have... The, the issue here, Brian, of the power of the internet, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. The, we, the the issue of the small business um, proprietor who is at the mercy of Yelp reviews, mm-hmm. and how do you how do you curtail those? They're, they tried the strong arm approach, and it kind of blew up in their face, because now the internet has taken it. And Here's the thing, Glenn. Here's where they went wrong. Okay. Okay. Cl- clearly, the people that own this hotel have never been on the internet. Yeah, seriously. Okay. We don't know so, what Yelp is, but we don't like it. Step one, <laughs> go to gentleman.com. <laughs> Dip your toes in. Do not create it's, an account. It's Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, you know, it's a melting pot on gentleman.com. Maybe they can get a little bit of experience mm-hmm. before they start doing stuff like this. But clearly they don't understand the internet, you know? Yeah. And so I... Actually, you do or, pay- or business. Yeah. Well, uh, so you do paint in a good, a good defense for them, though. It's actually that... They do have a legitimately cool hotel, right? And maybe the wedding party really likes it, but then they have all these guests from out of town exactly. that are expecting like this awesome hotel, and then they get there and there's no air conditioning, and then you know people like whiny complain about the air. Okay, so but that 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 makes sense. But the problem is you can't you can't tell people like you can't tell people my hotel is awesome, and if you don't like it, f you. You know what I mean? Like, that'll be five hundred dollars. That'll be five hundred dollars. <laughs> and what really annoys me about this whole story is that. They once everything blew up. They didn't come out and say like, you know, you're right, and give the Glenn Stansbury explanation, which would have been honest and say like, this is what happened. You know, this is embarrassing. We're sorry. We're we're changing it. We Wait, we made we a mistake. We need the Glenn Stansbury explanation. Well, like I give this all the time. No, 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 no. You you oh, just explained it really oh, well. Got you. Their like, defense. So in their defense, like ah. you should have been the PR guy that was handling it. Well, thank right. you, Brad. <clears> I think that's... you did that really well. Because oh, wow. I would have read that and I would have like, well, that's kind of understandable. You know, almost. Like, you know, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so instead of doing that, they said, "Oh no, we were just kidding. It was a tongue-in-cheek thing." Wait, was, they said that? Yeah, they said they were joking. Okay, but the problem with that is that several of the people that wrote stories about this article actually went through and checked on some of the Yelp reviews before the story came out, and there are actually people that were complaining because the company had contacted them and threatened them that if they didn't remove their review. That there, there was a there was a deposit that had already put down by the groom and the bride, and they were going to take five hundred dollars from the bride and groom if they didn't remove that 
That, yeah, you know, they contacted you know. the people in the wedding party, not exactly. the bride and groom. Yep. Exactly, but they they were threatening them and saying that the the bride and groom had already left them a deposit that that would be taken because of their review if they did not. Re- so they're basically playing the the wedding guests against the the bride and groom of the, the people that booked the hotel. Wow, so that's pretty messed up. So anyway, but they cool. they tried to immediately claim that it was a joke. But research has shown that that is not the case. So instead of just coming forth and being honest about it, they've been trying to sweep it under the rug. And the internet has basically like stomped on their throat for it. Oh, you know? man. They, they, at one point, <clears throat> I think somebody, you know, they, like, I think they had like a thousand negative reviews mm-hmm. on Yelp. And then Yelp went through and was like, okay, you haven't actually stayed here. So they cleaned up a bunch of them. But they're still, yeah. they took a massive hit. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking with Brian, you know, I was talking with you before the show, like, what about, you know, like Google reviews? I mean, they took a massive hit there. I didn't check it. But, I mean, whenever you Google, you know, Rust, you know, whatever you Google to find this place, mm-hmm. Hudson, New York Hotel or whatever, yeah, you know, they're, they're, it's going to be like, whatever you do, don't stay here. Um, yeah. I will say this. All right. Two things about this, Brian. One, can they even legally do that? Sounds like extortion it, to me. I mean, is it, if it's in the contract that they sign... I don't think that I, I really. But even that, then, that can't be legal. I, I don't think that you, you can't sign a contract for something and then have it be illegal. You know what I mean? Like, well, it have it be dependent on the, on other people. Like you can't. Like you. Well, what I'm saying is, if something's inherently illegal, you can't agree right, to it in right. a contract. Yes. Like so, you, you that's you know, and it sounds kind of illegal to me because it sounds like extortion. Like like. If you do not do this, you know, right? Even though you weren't involved with it, like you can't post this on. You can't, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't know. So, and well, also, how can they find? Like, how can they ensure? Uh, there's just too, too many. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing too. Crap! I lost my train of thought. Well, there was another point. And it was going to be awesome. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. What do you uh, think about that? And I'm gonna. This this is a quote from their website, and this is, you know. I think I don't know if this is one person or what, but they're just so bent out of shape about people not getting how cool their hotel is. Is yeah. the problem? Because this is a quote from their website. Ah. It says, "Please know that despite the fact that wedding couples love the Hudson and are in, your friends and families may not. This is due to the fact that your guests may not understand what we offer. Therefore, we expect you to explain it to them. Right? Please so, do our job for us. So." It's your job to explain how cool our hotel is. Yeah. You know, I know you believe in it because you booked it. So you, now you have to go and explain it to all of them. And we expect you to do that. Right. I, I, I remember what, what I, this it dovetailed, what yeah. I was going to say, just dovetail into this. And basically it's that they, like, they, uh, in one of the articles I read about this, mm-hmm. the, um, they had, like, they sh- uh, people, who, some of the negative reviewers had, like, uh, copied some of the emails that they had gotten from the owners and they were like they they badgered them. They were just mean. Yeah. Some of the reviews were like these people were they weren't even like cordial. They're just mean. And yeah. so the thing is is like you can have this rustic hotel. Right. But if you know it lacks things like, you know, right. modern conveniences, you better be making up for it somehow so that yeah. you don't this doesn't happen, right? You better you better be like the friendliest hotel on the, right. on the face of the earth. Right. And really like it could be really disarming if they just said, "You know, we're really sorry. Here's the thing." Mhm. This is how the hotel is. Right. Um, yeah, it's totally on them. But like you yeah. said, they're just putting it on the, the the wedding party, who doesn't have enough to think about as it is. Right. Oh, guys, by the way, hold on, yeah. hold on. I know we're going over the itinerary for the wedding. But right. I want to explain about the hotel. Yeah, let's okay? talk about the hotel. 
Uh, it's rustic, okay? Yeah. So no Yelp reviews. <laughs> um, there's no... Uh, might we recommend a box fan? Yeah. Uh, I, here's, yeah, it's... It, the, the, the whole thing is that it really the onus is on the hotel owners. Because mm-hmm. if that's the case, then if there's a wedding party coming in, then you have the person that's up front at the desk say, look, like, you know, let me explain to you why we do what we do. And right. this is what we do, and this is why we do it. Like, and I... And we get that, you know, this isn't everybody's cup of tea. Here's some things that might help to, like, you know, a fan to, like, help for, you know, if you get hot, you know, or whatever. Like, whatever it is, there's an answer to these things. Yeah. Like, just get up front at it and talk to them about it. Exactly. Deal with that yourself. Don't tell you the wedding parties to explain it to them. Like, it's almost like they're above, like, explaining themselves. But it's like... When you when you pull something like that and you're a hotel, you you can't do that. Right. You can't be above it. You got to you, you know, you got to you got to like you said, you got to you got to come out with it, you know, you right. gotta, especially in the age of the internet. I yeah. mean, it just you just things don't die. I love that this like the internet just beat the crap out of these people for it. I mean, not cuz they probably didn't deserve it because they're probably not bad people, but the fact that any other hotel that tries to do something like this, right. you know, they're, yeah. they're never going to do that again because exactly. uh, this one example got made of this hotel, so you know, if I may add too, I don't think the uh, Union Street Guest House is like a massive hotel either. No, so they would know if a wedding party was coming in. Right, like you're saying, they yeah. could have just said, "Hey, yeah, your wedding party, that's yeah. great." Yeah, um, they picked this place nice. because. Yeah, exactly. You know, on the flip side of this, I have stayed at small, like family-owned hotels, mm-hmm. and like one of the the best hotel I've ever stayed at. Okay. Uh, was in Ireland. Uh, it was a small family-owned hotel that had been owned, you know... By Bono? By Bono. <laughs> no, but uh, I found it on TripAdvisor, and mm-hmm. it was highly reviewed, and I went there, and it was awesome. It's called the Ross. It's called the the Ross Hotel. So the if Ross. you ever... It's in Killarney, uh, Ireland. So if you ever find yourself in Killarney, Ireland... I, I'm not joking about this. The Ross... <laughs> it was awesome. It was really, really You heard good. it here first, folks. It was great. Um, and... The one thing about it was, at the end of my stay, when I was checking out, they asked me how my stay was. And I said, it was really good. Like, really, really good. You guys are awesome. And they said, well, okay, if you if you like it a lot, then go out to you know TripAdvisor and give us a good rating. If not, no big deal. But if you, you know, if you liked it a lot, then, you know, that, that would really help us. And, they, you know, that's a little bit pandering. Reciprocal. It, it's a little bit pandering or whatever, but it's just encouraging somebody. Like, I probably wouldn't have gone and reviewed it unless they would have said, you know, it would really help us if you did. Because I really felt that way, mm-hmm. so I went ahead and did it, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I would, but you know, I wouldn't have recommended it if it wasn't awesome. Like, and it totally was. It was fantastic. I mean, it was, it was the best hotel. I loved it. So you know, and it was, you know, reasonably priced and family owned and all that stuff. So. Brian, it's it, it's just like this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. If you're listening right now and you really enjoyed this, right? Go to iTunes. Go to iTunes. Leave a review. Leave a review. Leave but, a leave a. If you, I mean, how was your stay? But but how but, was but, your stay? But Glenn, in episode twenty. But Glenn, if they don't understand right. the gentleman podcast, right? Okay, if you don't understand it, then 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 this then, is a two hundred dollar fine. Yeah, if you leave a negative review, we're going to find you. We're going to find you, and we're going to fine you two hundred bucks. Now we may. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna threaten you first. Yeah, first we're gonna okay. send you an email, a nasty email. Yep. That gets you know. No, we don't send emails. We send posts, post letters, USPS we're send you a letter, and yeah, hand delivered, hand delivered, registered mail, and saying that you don't understand. Maybe you don't understand the general sir podcast. or madam. Yeah, maybe you don't get it. You know, yeah, not, not our job to explain the general <laughs> podcast to you. You know, go talk to your friends. Look, I don't know. Your friends like it. Yeah, you may not. 
Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Exactly. It's your friend's fault exactly. for not explaining... Exactly. Uh, Legitimate podcast. Mm. So watch out. How can out you there. not like us? I mean, we, we just bashed on patent trolls last week. That's right. Um, Look, Glenn, we're rustic. We're a rustic podcast. We are. Some people don't. We don't have the modern conveniences. Yeah. Microphones. Yeah. We're talking into a tin can. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Our voice is scratchy. The, yeah. You know, the mic keeps getting bumped. There's a lot of <laughs> echo in here. It's like we're recording from a cabin in the 1800s, you know? We don't have them. But that's the charm of it. We're not very funny. We're not intelligent. No, no we're not. You know? Oh, man. We're not those guys that keep trying until we get the answers to problems. Those that's are the right. smart people. We're not. We didn't get good scores on our SATs. No, we did not. So I didn't take the SAT. Exactly. So, you know, what I'm saying is we're rustic. We and are. you got to accept that. It's, it's part of our charm. Mm-hmm. It's part Back of our charm. Z. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we after this is over, we're going to go get our trombones. Exactly. And play the some bats house. on Brian's porch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, point is... Um, so there, the, I don't know what the point was. That the top... The top the, the, yeah, what was our... The point is that we're against negative iTunes reviews. That's right. We're vehemently against them. How, how was your stay? How was yeah. your stay? If if it was positive, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, Tip go, the cap. go soak your head. Tip the cap. Otherwise, okay. forget you listen to this. Yep. Um, okay, Glenn, moving on. Uh, we uh, Now it's time for the question from the gentleman mailbag. Right. Oh, my gosh. So quick. So quick this kind time of Time flies when you talk about Yelps. Yelps and... Uh, it does. Cars. Yeah, cars. And big leaf maple beers. Right. Um, okay, so Glenn, I, in the vein of uh, of Magnus Walker, which we were just talking about, whose dream car was the Porsche, and then he made his, his dream come mm-hmm, true. Mm-hmm. This, this, somebody wrote in, coincidentally this week, a gentleman mailbag, picked one of the letters out, and it said, Glenn and Brian. Here it is. Yep, there you go. There you go. Uh, this is the one right here, and it says, what is your dream car? Okay, you want me to go first? Sure. You know, I really don't have, never, I've never been a car guy. Okay. Um, I think when I was really little, I saw a picture of a Lam- like like Magnus said. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I actually had a poster of a Lamborghini Diablo, mm-hmm. but I think it was just kind of like, "Hey, that looks awesome," but I don't understand. And as I got older, like I realized that financially, mm-hmm. I would never even be able to like sneeze at one of those. Right. So um, so I kind of threw that. Actually, basically any car above a minivan. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Mm-hmm. So my dream car is a Dodge Caravan. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, actually, I I have a thing for like <clears throat> old school muscle cars, but even like mm-hmm. actually any old school car, like mm-hmm. the Model T. Right. Like I, I've I've seen a couple of those driving around. They're awesome. Like yeah. just when they're they're done right and everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I knew this kid in high school. I c- could not stand this kid, but he had a Chevelle. Okay. And it was awesome. Yeah. Um. That'd be that'd be I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fancy man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's me. Uh, uh, maybe a muscle car. Maybe, but definitely uh, a restored, a restored car of some kind. Mm-hmm. Nothing new. Okay. Okay. Well, Glenn, I, um, you know, some people would say I'm driving my dream car now. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, depends on your dream. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, like Glenn was saying before, like I kind of figured out. I think when I, I remember when I got out of, when I graduated college, uh, when I finally graduated college after many years of mm-hmm. toiling at Pizza Shuttle, and, um, oh. 
That I remember my first boss asked me, well, what kind of car are you going to get? Because mm. everybody graduates college and they go get a car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hold off on that for a while, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was driving the same car that I drive now, Glenn. You drove that car? Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The little red truck. The little red truck, yeah. I've got a, I've got a 1995 Toyota pickup truck that I drive. I still drive today, Glenn. And I, you know... I think people get too wrapped up in buying a nice new car, mm-hmm. and I think that money could be better spent other ways. So that's how I feel about that. But uh, you know, I have been—I've been looking at cars intently for the last five or six years because I'm trying to decide. I, I'm gonna at some point I'm gonna spend a little bit more money and get something that's fun to drive. Sure, because the truck is really awesome. It's very utilitarian. You know, like you—it's mm-hmm. it, awesome. It's really reliable. You know, doesn't cost a lot in gas, and it helps all the time with moving stuff around or anything mm-hmm. like that. And it's a great truck. But I do want to get something that's a little bit more fun and something that's more safe to take on, try, you know, highway drives and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, point is, like, so what I want to do is eventually I want to get a car. I want to keep the truck. Mm-hmm. I want to get a car to take on the highway, which is like a, you know, normal sedan or whatever. Just mm-hmm. something that's safe, you know? Okay. And the third one's going to be uh, my my dream car. Okay. Which okay? is? Well, my, my ultimate dream car, I think, is the 68 or 69 Camaro. Oh, okay. So wow. that's yeah, that would do it. That's that's I'm with the you one. There. That's the one. I mm-hmm. love the way it looks. Mm-hmm. It's you know, the the late sixty, like the mid to late sixties, was like the golden age for muscle muscle cars, uh, pony cars. Camaro is technically a pony car. Okay, uh, something like a Pontiac GTO is like a more of a muscle car, is higher power and and envisioned from start to finish to be a higher power car. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like Camaro. The uh, you know the Firebird, mm-hmm. the Mustang, mm-hmm. all those cars are really cool. I would say I would I would do any of the like a GTO, a Firebird, a Mustang, uh, you know Camaro. All those cars would be really cool. But anything in that like mid sixties, late sixties, in the seventies, the gas like the oil crisis, like totally. It was a really weird time. Seventies was a really weird time for cars because. Even though the oil crisis wasn't until like seventy three or something, which is when everybody had to like slim everything down and try right. to like have this extra equipment that added a lot of weight. In the seventy like the early seventies, the 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 look was a bigger, bigger, bigger car. Mm-hmm. So what you had was these platforms that were built for smaller cars and they built these bigger cars that weighed a lot more, that you know, so that power just kinda so goes puny down. little yeah, so like the the engine that's supposed to be really powerful, the bigger the car, the the less power that engine really has. Right. So the early seventies kind of when stuff went downhill for a while, and then it kind of came back up in the eighties with some certain cars. And anyway, point is like golden age was like that late sixties time. So any of those cars from the sixties would be awesome. But the Camaro, I love the black face on it, like the mm-hmm. just the stone black face on it, and it just looks cool. I mean, it mm-hmm. just and it's a, they had some cool power options in it. Um, so nice. That would be my dream car someday, Glenn. I'm gonna start visualizing that next after so, the Dumb and Dumber Two. Yeah, we've got we've got we've got that to work on. Yeah. So after Dumb and Dumber Two, after we attend the premiere, <clears throat> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna get a picture of me photoshopped in a '68 Camaro, <laughs> and I'm gonna keep that in my wallet every day. Every day. Thumbs up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that'll someday. And then someday, I'll like Magnus Walker. You know, Man. maybe I'll. Maybe I'll be there. You, you know. You'll come full circle. You'll be building. You'll be yeah. building. Uh, I didn't know anything about building websites, but I built Gentleman. <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> just went from there. <laughs> I still really know nothing about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is. Manager funny. community? Nothing. Yeah. 
<laughs> giving a TED talk. Uh, yeah. We, we, we really don't know why we're here. Yeah. No, really. This is a no, really awful choice. Yeah, that, this was terrible. That said, let's yeah. plow ahead. <clears throat> anyway, speaking of terrible choices... <laughs> that was the uh, you could be doing many other things exactly with your time what are you doing listening to us we want to thank you yeah we want to thank again. you again get back to your life right stop listening to us if this you, is terrible if you enjoyed your stay yeah if you enjoyed your stay go, go, go give right. us a, a five star if you didn't just just, just you know this is a kid's show so I'm not going to say it Brian yeah but yeah go soak your head in yeah Exactly. Water. In water. Mm-hmm. And then think about that. Not like a shower. Okay? Because mm-hmm. people like showers. Just, just... I mean, in like a very unsettling... It's a rustic podcast. <laughs> you know? That's... A, these, you don't, maybe there's you don't tape understand. on this microphone. There's tape on the mic. Like, it's all... It's rustic. It's, it's supposed to have a charm to it. Mm-hmm. But it, it clearly lacks that sometimes. Yeah. We're um, actually paying somebody to hold the microphone. Yeah. Because exactly. we don't have a microphone stand. Yeah, exactly. This, this huge can... That goes right, it's right. plugged into this tape recorder. It's, Folger, it's a Folgers can. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway. Wop, 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 wop. <laughs> it's like Charlie Brown's DJ. <laughs> Seriously. Um, thanks to my engineering skills. But anyway, the point is when... Uh, that was episode 19. No, it was no, episode Brian, 20. Yes. I messed up. That was episode 20, the big 2-0. Next week's 21. Mm-hmm. We're going to be of legal age. We, we're, I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah. We're, 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 le- we're almost legal, Brian. Okay. So anyway... <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Glenn, I'm looking forward to episode 21. One. Right. <laughs> what am I stuck? It's like I can't believe that we've done 20 <laughs> yeah. episodes of this. My mind won't wrap itself around. I was telling Lynn that today. She's yeah. like, what episode is this? like 20. She's like, seriously? 20 episodes. You guys aren't any... I mean, it's a great show. It's uh, ah, You've been at it 20 yeah, times. 20, yeah. I can yeah. definitely see some... You guys are getting uh, way better. Improvement. It's better every time. The format's yeah. uh, lovely. Shouldn't you guys be better at this, my <laughs> Um... No, the answer is no, folks. No, no, we're okay. big dumb animals. Anyway, all right, Glenn. Well, uh, I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Stansberry, and we will catch you next time for episode 21. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. <laughs>